You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. We're hanging out here today because one day while hiking in Peru, after just having been let go from my dream job, it hit me. There's so much more to life and there's no excuse for not embracing uncertainty and trying new things to really explore our full potential in this lifetime. On this weekly podcast, you'll hear from successful entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and visionaries just like you so that you feel less alone as you pursue everything you want and deserve in this lifetime. This is a space where big sky thinking is welcomed and conversations about daily betterment are essential. So if you're ready to stop living an ordinary life and start living a visionary life, then welcome home. Hey, visionaries, welcome back to the show. I am taking a couple minutes to record this intro for an amazing episode today. And I actually found this time gifted to me because I have a lot of people who fill out the application on my website and then they can go in and book a complimentary 15 minute discovery call. And I don't know if it's like the full moon right now. People are talking about how everything is crazy and people are feeling off and weird business things are happening. And I don't know if they say don't make any big, bold moves around a full moon. Who knows? But regardless, I just feel like people are off because I had a no-show earlier this week and then right now I'm supposed to be on a discovery call with someone else and I texted them and followed up. Anyways, (laughs) boring mundane things that you probably don't care about, but it does kind of bother me because I'm like, you had reminder emails. Like, how can you possibly forget? But regardless, I'll give anyone the benefit of the doubt always because shit happens. We know that. Um, And like I said, I don't know a lot about this full moon, but it seems to have really shooken people up. Shaken? Shooken. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You're probably like, why did I tune into this podcast? What is the Visionary Life podcast again? (laughs) Is this just where Kelsey tells us about her day and what's going right and wrong? No, it's actually not. So anyways, let's get into today's episode. I think I'm in a bit of a giddy mood as well. It's Thursday afternoon. It's a beautiful day. Um, Okay. Wow. Reset. So today I'm chatting with Devin Turcott, and she is a certified career strategist. And Devin is the owner and founder of Careerified, which is a career exploration service. So Devin is doing very important work in our world, which involves helping Gen Z to build intentional careers and to support mental health by helping them find their path. And she tells this incredible story about a newspaper article that she's read, and it really paints a picture of the impact of Devin's work and why she does what she does. And it's so funny how something as simple as a newspaper article can really solidify the vision behind your business. So, you know, parents and adults, they often ask kids what they want to be when they grow up. And it's something that we feel like the kids should just have an answer, but it's like, that's equivalent to asking them, what's the weather going to be next July 21st? And how are they supposed to know what they want to do with the rest of their life? Maybe you guys felt that way. Like, I'm pretty sure I used to say that I wanted to be a veterinarian. And then up until I was like 20 years old, I said I wanted to be a pilot. (laughs) So random, right? 
but kids should be free to explore different options and figure out what they're passionate about without feeling that pressure to make a decision that really does end up shaping the rest of their life. And so this is where Devin Turcotte, the founder of Careerified, comes in. And in this episode, not only are we sharing strategies for um, you know, finding the right coach and supporting kids on this journey. But I'm also digging into the behind the scenes of Devin's business. So we chat a lot about how she decided to launch into this new career path, where passion fits into finding a career. We talk about the connection between mental health and career development. And she shares a little bit about how she's been able to find clients, especially over the last two years during the pandemic. So We kind of hit on it all in this episode, but I think more than anything, you're going to love that Devin is bold, she's well-spoken, shares a lot of great wisdom, and of course, we would love to hear what you think of the episode, so if you want to tag Careerified on Instagram, tag me at Kelsey Rydell. We love when you share a screenshot, and it just means the world. So enjoy the episode, and I will see you guys next week, same time, same place. Devin, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. You and I were connected through a LinkedIn post, so gotta love the power of social media in bringing, you know, two people who otherwise may never have met together. So really appreciate you being here and cannot wait to dive into your journey of launching Careerified. So thanks again for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I recently read a LinkedIn post. Actually, you have tons of great content. So I'll say right off the (laughs) bat for everybody to just go check out your LinkedIn. It'll be linked in the show notes. Uh, But you said that high school Devin could never have predicted that she would someday, one, be providing any kind of career guidance, two, be a (laughs) business owner, and three, live in Prince Edward County. So those are obviously three things that you are doing right now, but I'm assuming that hasn't always been the case. So can you kind of take us back to before you found entrepreneurship, before you moved to Prince Edward Island? What were you up to in those like, you know, earlier days of your career? Um, I actually started my career in environmental consulting. Mm-hmm. I had done an undergrad in geography. I did a graduate certificate program in environmental management. Those were still pretty new <laughs> at the time was doing that route. And the thought was, I... T- I think I'd like to go this route. I was interested in some kind of work that would provide some protection to the environment and, you know, working with big companies to help them come up with strategies and whatever seemed like a great idea. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I started working for a small firm in my hometown and they were awesome. Actually. Um, It's a great thing about small business, right? There's, there's, there's always a bit of passion to it. There's, you know, everybody's really engaged in the business it was a really lovely place to have a sort of a first grown-up job, um, but I hated the work. <laughs> so red flag. Uh, yeah, there it is. Oh, bored all day, yep. all day. Um, and honestly, because I wasn't enjoying it, I wasn't very good at it either. I mean, it's hard to do things that you don't like doing. Um, and so I pushed myself through. I kept thinking, no, no, this is what I signed up for. I agreed this with myself. This is what I was going to do. Um, but ultimately, it just didn't make any sense. So. I went back to school for communications and the plan was to stay in the environmental fields, but in more of a PR capacity. Mm -hmm. And what I ended up doing was taking a job with a nonprofit that promoted careers in the trades to students. So for about five, six years, I worked for Skills Canada, Ontario, 
and I went into schools and delivered presentations to students in grades 12 to, uh, sorry, seven to 12. Um, I organized events. I facilitated all kinds of events. I worked with teachers. I worked with parents. And I started gathering all this information on how people view careers. And especially from a very young age. From skills, I moved into the community college system in Ontario. And at first I was in recruiting and then I moved into the career center. And it was especially remarkable in the career center talking to students, which in the college system, you're graduating, usually you're 20, 21 years old. And they reflected a lot of the same things back to me that I was hearing from 13 year olds, you know, seven, eight years previous in their schools talking about trades and how you become a tradesperson and what an apprenticeship is versus university versus college. And it was so interesting that they really hadn't learned anything, even though now they'd gone through high school and they'd gone through post-secondary and they were still saying, well, I don't really know what I want. Hmm. It came with now this added layer of, I'm pretty sure I've screwed up my whole life because now I'm 21 and I did this thing and I spent this money. Right. And you're sitting there thinking like, dude, you're 20. Mm -hmm. You've got like so much time. There's so many things you can do. Like, this is the time of your life. You need to get out and play, have fun. Like, discover who you are, you know, and they're just, all they can see is I, I screwed up so bad. And, you know, at the time there were, we were starting to really see an escalation of mental health issues in the post-secondary system. Mm-hmm. And all of this to me was culminating into a place where I went, we need to start having better conversations with kids about careers. Like we need to stop asking them, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because there's just, that's such a hard question to answer. And especially now, as we hopefully are starting to come out of this pandemic, the options are almost limitless. Like we've seen so many different ways people are making money online. They're having two and three and four side hustles in addition to their regular job. Like it's amazing the way people are building their careers. It's totally different even than what we were doing five years ago. Mm -hmm. So for me, the journey to entrepreneurship, that's really what spurred it was we need to be doing better things for our kids because they're honestly struggling at the worst end of it. We, you hear um, stories about suicides out of colleges and universities all across the country. And it's all stemming from this place of, Oh my gosh, I made the wrong decision and it's costing me all this money. And I put all this time into it. There's nowhere to go from here. It's like, there are a million places to go from there, but nobody's telling them that somehow it's not getting through. So that to me is really what kind of launched the journey into entrepreneurship. Oh my gosh, this is such an important conversation. And I see it, you know, I'm in my 30s and a lot of my friends are at a point where they're very unhappy with their careers. Mm -hmm. They have regret of the path they've taken and they very much feel stuck and they feel like there is no way out. And Mm -hmm. I have this different mindset. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, no, the possibilities are endless. But I'm curious. So you're saying like kids at 21, they're having this remorse of, oh my God, I'm on the wrong path. I'm unhappy. And they they don't even believe that they can make a change or find something that lights them up. Why is that? Like, why do you think there's such a pandemic of people who are unhappy at such a young age feeling pigeonholed? I think it's a mix of a lot of things Um, from that career perspective. I think the way we have the conversations 
you know, we start when kids are really young saying, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always say, you know, it's ridiculous when you see back to school photos, like on everybody's Instagram and Facebook at the beginning of the school year and the kids holding up the little chalkboard, right? Is what I want to be when I grow up. And I'm like, your kids in JK, what they know about careers is like what the dogs on Paw Patrol do. Exactly. Like firefighter, teacher. It's like, those are two out of a million careers. Right. You know, why are we even putting that on them from city? And we think it's cute and that's fine. But around grade six or seven, kids start to seriously think, what am I going to do with my life? Right? Like they start to differentiate. They start to, if they've been involved in different activities, that's about the age where they start to go, Hey, I'm either, I'm better at this than other people, or I'm feel more skilled at this. And right. They reach that age where it's like, I actually have some skill. I'm actually developing my sense of self. And they really start seriously thinking about what am I going to do? This is grade six and seven. They're not in grade 12, but grade 12 is when people start going, so what you going to do after high school? And at that point, you know, if they've been thinking about it already for five or six years and they haven't come up with an answer, they're panicking. Mm-hmm. And they haven't, I, I think they don't have the experience and they don't have the language to be able to say, I don't know what, I know I like X, Y, and Z, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know Mm -hmm. what that translates into for a career. You know, I like math. I don't want to be an accountant, but I don't know what that means, you know? Mm -hmm. And they just, they're, they're not given kind of the the structures they need to be able to articulate that. Mm -hmm. And your whole thing that I've um, grabbed kind of from some of your content is that you want us to teach these kids to lead with their curiosity, Um, And really follow that because if you follow your curiosity, the awesome career probably awaits. So I'm assuming this is kind of like the catalyst when you had these realizations that we're kind of doing it all wrong by pigeonholing kids into like, there's only a set number of careers. You need to decide when you're six years old. And, you know, once you graduate university, you just follow that path. So I'm assuming this led you into starting your own business. So I guess, can you take us back to the moment when you decided I need to launch my own business and what ensued from there? Um, okay. So first there was a news report. It's about five years old now. And it was a story about, the student reaction to four suicide deaths at one university in the span of about one semester. And I remember seeing this news story. Yeah. And I've watched it quite a few times since then. Um, and that sent a shockwave through the post-secondary system of, oh my gosh, we're not supporting kids enough in mental health and all this kind of stuff. And I'm watching it thinking, there was one quote in particular where the student said something to the effect of, you know, counseling is great, but it's only going to do so much if you expect me to get 90s and everything. Yeah. And that was the point where I went, who expects you to get 90s in everything? Who told you that you need to get 90s? And wait a second here. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And it was so interesting because in the whole news story, that wasn't something anybody else picked up. And so for me, that was, that was the ultimate, okay, this, something needs to be done here. And at the same time, I was working in an environment that wasn't great. Um, It wasn't super supportive. I always worked Mm -hmm. in really great teams with really great people, but the wider organization was having some challenges. And so I was looking for an out anyway. And for me, it was, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real. If there's a time to do it, 
what better time than now? And for me, it was very much, um, I laid low for a long time. It was like the, the seed was there and I was thinking about it, but I started having conversations with my spouse about, okay, what do we want to do about money? How are we going to handle this kind of situation? Um, starting to tuck things away for a rainy day and being ready for making that transition. Because I mean, I had no, initially I didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, and let's be fair. I still don't entirely know what it's going to look like. I think that's the nature of being in a business. Um, but just financially preparing was one of the first steps I started digging into of like, okay, let's assume I'm not going to make any money at all for five years. (laughs) Let's, let's go with that assumption Mm -hmm. and roll from there. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was very much a case for me of, I need to follow my values here. I need to follow what is echoing in my head right now, because what I'm doing isn't working for me professionally or personally. And also there's this need out there that isn't being met. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you did it kind of responsibly too. And like, you didn't just like throw your arms up and say, I'm not happy at my current job. I quit. I'll figure it out and like build the parachute on the way down. Like you, you did think it out and you thought like, okay, if I don't make a lot of money for the first couple of years, maybe I should start saving and kind of like mitigating that risk, which I think um, can help the transition become a little bit easier because it takes that desperate energy away from launching your business because that always shines through. So um, so when you did kind of commit to, okay, I'm going to leave my job, I am going to start careerified. What were some of the first steps that you remember taking to really bring this business to life? One of the first things I did was connect with a small business center in my community. Um, The nice thing about working in the post-secondary system in sort of the 2010s, when the Trudeau government came in, one of their promises was to put more funding into work-integrated learning in colleges and universities. And so a lot of schools took that money and they created um, entrepreneurship centers for students because it was a great way to be able to support students who wanted to get work experience, but like very specific to how they wanted to do it. Or if they wanted to launch a business, it gave them a safety net. So I had done a lot of work with that entity as at the campus I worked at, which was amazing. Cause then it was like, I knew about a lot of resources that I was so grateful to understand. So I knew there's a small business center somewhere in your community. They're funded by business development Canada. <laughs> so yeah. I reached out to them first and said, you know, I'm launching this business. What do I need to know? What do you provide? How can I, you know, take, take advantage of the services you offer. And so I started going to, they offered free workshops on things like, do you need business insurance? I'm like, oh, do I need business insurance? Oh, okay. Yeah. I should probably know about that. You know, marketing, accounting, what do you need to know about keeping your books? What's, um, what's, what's the base stuff you need to know for your next tax return? So you're not, you know, getting on the CRA's red flag list. Yeah. Um, and that stuff was so invaluable because I, I knew little bits and pieces, but the access was huge and it was all fully fun. Like I never had to pay for any resources, which was amazing. And you didn't have any previous experience in entrepreneurship, right? So this was like, truly like, I'm going to learn as I go and like attend these workshops because I truly have no idea how to write the business plan or how to market myself. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I didn't even take entrepreneurship in high school. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing. 
okay, so you're taking all these workshops, you're really starting to get into momentum, like figure out like all the key assets that you need to get started. How do you find your first client? Because that is kind of a, a big milestone, right? When you finally get everything out there and then somebody says, yes, I want to work with you. How did that happen in your world? In my world and still true today, the majority of clients that I get come through networking and referrals. Yep. Almost all of them. And it's so funny because when it comes to job search, I always say the most overlooked strategy is tell everybody. Yes. Tell everybody you're looking for a job. And that is the thing that I find so many entrepreneurs do too, is you just, I don't, I don't know if you feel kind of uncomfortable talking about it or, I mean, which is common at the beginning, I think when you haven't quite hit your stride or you haven't totally figured out what your offering is or whatever, it can be intimidating to tell, well, I'm a coach. This is what I do. I, which I totally get, but yeah, that was, that was my strategy. Tell everybody. (laughs) So that was how I got clients. And yeah, it's, it still continues now. I, as it's been challenging through the pandemic for sure, Mm. but as much as possible, in every situation presented to me, I tell people who I am and what I do and, you know, talk a little bit about, especially that mental health thing. I find people are really like, wow, never saw it that way. Mm -hmm. You're right. You never saw it that way. Most people don't. So it's, um, it's huge because people always go, oh, that is so huge. Well, I'm going to be on the lookout for that. You know, that's a really common thing I hear, but yeah, the the networking is massive. It's a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much to crack open there because you're right. Like whether you're looking for a job or whether you're starting a business, something that so often gets overlooked is that you're just like keeping it all to yourself. Like you don't even tell your friends and family you launched a new business or you don't even tell your network that, hey, I'm searching for work as a graphic designer or whatever, you know, industry you're looking to get into. So how are people supposed to rally around you and support you if this is like your little secret, right? So definitely sharing it is important. And then like you said, by sharing it too, you also become more referable. Like if, if you tell me that you're looking for work as a graphic designer or that you launched a graphic design business, maybe I don't need your services or I don't know anyone hiring. But as soon as I'm in another conversation later that day and somebody says, you know what, Kelsey, like I'm at a point where I need to hire a graphic designer. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I know just the person. It's only because you got out, told people, let them know what you're up to, that you're now referable to other people's networks. So yeah, I think that's such a good point. Like the more people you can tell the better. And I don't know if it's that people are shy or they're just maybe like, worried about judgment per se, but I think being able to communicate what you want or what you need or what kind of support you're looking for is a skill that we are all kind of shy about, but that we should be doing more often. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you find your first client through networking. Um, Can you tell us, first of all, a little bit about what types of clients you work with? Like what is the big challenge that they come to you for at Careerified? And what is like the typical outcome after somebody's able to work with you? So my main client base is Gen Z. Uh, Most people are between 16 and 30 years old. Okay. And so they're sort of a few distinct groups in there. So some of them are students, either high school or post-secondary. Yeah. Some of them are youth who have withdrawn from post-secondary or have 
been asked to withdraw from post-secondary. And then some of them are people who have graduated fine, but they've landed in their career not quite the way they expected to. So the biggest thing people come to me with is I'm at a decision point and I don't know what to do with it. So for the high school kid, it may be there are eight different things I want to do and I don't know which one to pick. Mm -hmm. For the person who's maybe 28, it's I don't like this career and I really want to change, but I have, I feel like my only option is to go get a master's degree or to go back to school. And I'm not sure I can afford to do that. So that transition tends to be a big, um, a big theme of people who come to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, mostly what I hear from clients or from their parents, depending on, <laughs> on their age, yeah. is that they feel a lot more confident in their ability to make decisions. They feel a lot more comfortable with the pace of how things are going. Mm-hmm. Very often when it comes to this stuff, we feel really frantic. Um, and I mean, I do this as a business owner too, because I have like 300 ideas of things I want to do and yep. you can't do them all. Um, and you feel this, this panic of, but I need to. And it's, it's kind of, for me, a lot of it is, is just helping them to kind of take the stuff out of the big clump and the big ball and kind of lay it out in <laughs> more ordered <laughs> yeah. pieces on a table and be able to look at it objectively and then choose what makes sense to the next thing. And then mm-hmm. keep those things for another time because you can come back to them and you may come back to them. Um, but yeah, I find the biggest thing is people are like, I feel so much better about my ability to make these decisions yeah. and to do them effectively because I know where to get good information and I know what thought processes are most helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that a lot of your clients' situations are different and they're coming to you with kind of different goals and outcomes that they're looking to achieve. So how did you figure out like a system or a process? Like how did you know what type of package to put together for these clients right off the bat? Or did you just kind of get started working with people and then assemble some sort of logical roadmap of how a typical client would work with you? It was a bit of a mix of both. Um, Coming into doing independently work that I used to do as part of an organization, I sort of had an idea of how I wanted to start Mm -hmm. um, and what needs are kind of usually the most common. So uh, it's funny because um, the most popular package people get from me is it's only four sessions of coaching, but it's very targeted specific to career exploration, getting you to a place where you have a few different options and the tools you need to decide which option to do next. And it was intentional to be short and to be left Mm open-ended. And the first two sessions are almost identical for every single person I talk to, no matter where they are when they come to me. So that to me is like, that's a no brainer (laughs) of, you know, and it's always a conversation around interests, values, hobbies, strengths. um, And then looking forward to what kind of life do you see for yourself? You know, when you're no longer on this earth, what do you want people to remember about you? What sort of impact do you want to have? Um, and that, those conversations don't change at all. Uh, mm. And then from there, it's after they've reached a point of, okay, we have a few ideas of careers. We have a little bit of information under our belt. We've done some labor market research. Then it's like the Wild West. It can go mm. in any different direction from there, depending on what the person needs and what they're interested in. So that's where it's continually a work in progress. Um, yep. But those those first two sessions are always like almost identical, which is kind of funny how that turns out. Cause it turns out 
we all worry about the same things when it comes to careers. This episode is sponsored by The Visionary Method. The Visionary Method is a seven-step system that's going to help you create and launch your business successfully. We've had 200 people go through it, and it's going to help you to generate your first 50000 in revenue, even if you're starting at zero. You can learn more at www.kelseyridle.com tvm. Yeah. And I think that's such an interesting exercise for anyone to go through, no matter where you are in your journey, even if you're really happy with your career, if you don't know what the interests are that you have, the values that you do hold yourself to hobbies, strength, it's really hard to imagine like how you can continue to evolve and make sure you're staying in line with all of those things. And I don't even remember doing anything like that in school. Like I remember distinctly taking one test in like grade 10 where you had to like click some boxes on a website and it literally told me I should be a chimney sweep for my career. I'm like, (laughs) and that was what it spit out as my best suited job. And I was like a chimney sweep. Like I'm all for it. I love, and I think it said that because I said I wanted a job that was active and where I could like, use my body and be physical. But at the same token, like to have it spit out that and then me think that that is my only option. It's like, maybe it should have said, no, you value a job that has this type of lifestyle, this type of work hours, this type of interaction with humans versus saying like your option is a chimney sweep. So yeah, (laughs) just really enjoy like your approach instead of telling me what I should do. It's like, no, let's explore, leave it open-ended because you're probably going to change jobs throughout your career, but at least, you know, it'll all intersect at your interests, values, strengths, and what you're gifted at. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I just thought I'd share that story because I like I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget that. <laughs> That's fantastic. And um, the funny thing is, I mean, I use assessment tools like that, but I use at least three with each person. We don't just do one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Three. And then we bring it back to, okay, if you did this kind of work, how does that speak to your values or how can you find out more about what the work environment is like so that it suits the kind of work environment that you see yourself in mm. you know it's like you you it needs to be massaged <laughs> chimney sweep that's amazing yeah that's a good <laughs> one um I'm curious so first of all how long have you been running your business careerified I opened in August 2019 okay so it's been about two and a half years yeah, or so mm-hmm. is there a milestone that you've hit that in particular you are really proud of or something that really stands out to you as like, you know, this is something that I achieved that I should be celebrating. Hmm. Honestly, the biggest milestone at this part is that it's still going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The pandemic wreaked a lot of havoc on my business. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole career development field actually was pretty interesting right at the beginning when things closed and it was completely, nobody had any idea what was going on, right? How long is stuff going to be closed? How many businesses will be closed? Who's going to be able to reopen? Like nobody knew anything. And it was really funny because a lot of my colleagues in the field were like, is anybody else getting work? Am I getting work right now? (laughs) You know, it was, nobody had any idea what was going on. Um, In my own situation, my daughter at the time was seven and my spouse 
was working remotely regular full-time. He's like an IT guy. So really the only thing that changed about his work was the location that he actually worked in and nothing else changed. So sort of by necessity, and obviously this happened to a lot of women in the pandemic, I had to shut my doors. Yeah. Right. I got a seven-year-old. I can't just leave her on her own all the time. She can't do school on her own. Nope. Just doesn't happen. And it was a recurring theme. I mean, we just moved out here to PEI uh, at the end of 2021. So she went through all of her grade three year in Ontario where they were on on online school for good half of the year, you know, it was, so I could not operate at more than a part-time basis because it was just, it wasn't just, she's fine with the school stuff, but she was starting to develop depression and anxiety. Like she can't just be left home all alone all the time. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, the biggest milestone is that I'm still going. Yeah. And I'm still finding opportunities to, try new things and collaborate with people. Um, there's a lot going on with being in a new space um, and just having the opportunity to explore new things there. But Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the biggest one for me because it's been a heck of a ride (laughs) to be able to keep going in the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, and kind of on that note too, like to get up every day and to even just work on your business for like one or two minutes because you're in mom mode. You're in, you know, like we just moved and we're trying to rebuild our life. Obviously something was keeping you motivated and some people call it like a vision or a why, or just like that North star. Um, I'm curious for you, like what is your why in running your business? Like why do you pour into this business even on the days when it would be easier to just step back and be like, that's it. Like this is really hard work. For me, it always comes back to that mental health piece. Yeah. You know, for me, it's it's hearing the echoes of the students in the news story saying, we're expected to get 90s. We can't all have our roommate who's our best friend from back home. We don't all have supportive families at home. Yeah. If it happened to that person, it can happen to me and I'm scared. Like, mm-hmm. for me, that's it because it is so often, obviously mental health is very complex. I'm not going to say like, if you know your career stuff, you'll never have depression. But so much of it in my experience comes back to those questions of what if I'm not, what if I don't pass this chemistry course, I'm never going to get into the university I want and I'm never going to be successful. If I don't get 90s and everything, no one's ever going to hire me. If I, and it's all total garbage. Like none of that is true. And somehow, we know this as adults, right? I mean, how many grownups do you know were ever asked to show a transcript as part of a job interview, right? We know this stuff, but somehow it's not translating to them. And so for me, it always comes back to somebody needs to do this more. This needs to be talked about more. And yeah. why should it be anybody else? Like, I'm already talking about it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. Um, but that's, yeah. that's it for me. That's yeah. it for me. I love that like declaration of why should it be anyone else? That is such a great mindset to have. Or like if someone else can do it, why not me? Why can't I be a a leading voice, at least among all of my peers? So I think that's incredible and a very inspiring vision and something that obviously you feel very connected to with a greater purpose beyond just you um, and yourself, which is neat. Uh, On that note too, because there's a lot of moms listening to this podcast, people who, you know, have also had their business or their life kind of turned over over the last two years in the pandemic. 
I'm curious to ask you, has there been any rituals or routines that you've been able to utilize even amongst a lot of change in your life that have kept you connected to your business? Um, for me, it was no matter what, um, and there were some days <laughs> where it was more challenging than those, but no matter what, it was going through the morning routine of getting ready for the day, even if we weren't going anywhere. Oh, can you expand on that a little bit more and why that was helpful? Yeah, for sure. So especially all the times when, um, you know, online school was going on, things were closed. Like there's literally no reason to leave the house. And I know plenty of people who spent the better part of two years in pajama pants. Like I think we all do. Um, but for me, there was, <laughs> for me, there was a mindset piece of, no, you're going to get up and have a shower and eat breakfast and get dressed and make your bed. And you're going to act like it's just like another work day. And there was something in that, that pushed at least my brain to say, this is about as normal as we're going to get right now. It's about as business as usual <laughs> as we're going to be able to do. And so I hung on to that and that, that worked really well for me. I mean, I don't think it's for everybody and I don't think everybody would agree with me on that, which is totally fine. Um, but for me, that was a big one to go through the motions of it's a regular day, even if it's not, um, there's something, uh, I like the word they use ritual. There's something in a ritual to that, you know, there's mm -hmm. something in saying, this is the indicator of we're switching from day to night and night to day. We're switching from home to work, even if we're not actually going anywhere. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. One thing that I even started doing uh, kind of at the start of the pandemic was just showering as like my transition point because I would usually get up, go for a walk, laze around in my tights or my pajama pants, drinking coffee, you know, whatever I was doing. But the moment I needed to get on my first Zoom call, it was like, okay, you go shower, put on a fresh set of clothes, something a little nicer than what you've been bumming around in. And that to me was like the entry into my work day. So I think, yeah, just having those little micro rituals like you're describing can be so helpful and being like, no, I'm leaving home life here now, even though I'm just going to the other office or kitchen table or wherever you do your work from. But it's like a signifying point in your day that you know it's like, okay, the entrepreneur in me is turning on, the business owner in me is turning on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any big projects or things that you're working on? Like what's lighting you up right now? What's keeping you busy? What's coming up in your world in 2022? Oh, uh, oh my gosh, so many things. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing right now, I'm working on developing relationships with people in various areas, but I want to bring more parents into career conversations. Um, yeah. Gen Z themselves report that their parents are the most influential people on their career decisions. Oh my gosh. And yeah. They get left out of the conversation. And I mm. definitely find that people will come to me, especially more that group of people where they're, they've been working for a bit and they don't like it. And their parents are very much, you know, just push through, it'll be fine, especially if they've landed in a role where there's like, there's a pension or there's benefits or whatever. And a lot of parents are working with outdated information and they're trying to advise mm -hmm. their kids and the kids are like, that doesn't resonate with me. And their parents are feeling frustrated. And 
there's really no way to include them in the conversation as it currently exists, right? Like we do career classes for high school kids, but where are the parents? <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, school boards can't be teaching parents. Like they're, you know, they're they're maxed out their resources teaching kids, never mind trying to reach to their parents, but you can't leave them out of the conversation either. So that's a big one for me right now is trying to find ways to have more of those conversations and and help parents feel more confident in being career influencers for their kids and being able to give good quality information and have good conversations that way. That's a big one for me right now. Mm, That's so important. And so will you be gathering parents like in a room or online or creating stuff for them? Like how do you Mm -hmm. bring that to life? That's the plan um, to do a little bit of all of those things, uh, partly dictated by COVID, of course. Um, And I mean, there's parents all across the country. So uh, obviously there'll be geographic limitations to some things as well. But yeah, yeah, hoping to offer more around uh, at least workshops to start. Uh, I would, I have a very, a a little growing community of parents online Mm. that, you know, I'd love to see grow and have more engagement where they can talk to each other and say like, Hey, my kid feels like this. Mm-hmm. And somebody else, you know, maybe on the other side of the country is saying, my kid feels like that too. What is going on with these kids? You know, to have those, those sorts of connections be available, I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. And just one last thing. So it feels like you're in a bit of a unique situation because your target market is the kid, like the 20 year old, but you're actually speaking to the parents most oftentimes. Is that true? And does that present a challenge at all? Yes. And yes, (laughs) it absolutely does. That's where um, it's so funny because people say to me, oh, you should, you should just be marketing right to the kids. Like you should be on TikTok marketing to the kids. And I'm like, which I can do. Absolutely. But for a lot of them, yeah, it's their parents who are paying the bill. So they're the ones who really need to feel like it, but yeah, you need both parties on board. So it absolutely poses challenges. Um, And uh, that's been a a bit of an ongoing theme, but again, it comes down to networking and having those conversations with people to say, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is who I serve. And almost everybody I know, knows somebody who has a teenager who is stuck and has no idea what to do. Right. And so it's, that's the best route I've gone so far. Um, As time goes, now that restrictions are getting a little bit more chill now I think there's more opportunities to collaborate with, you know, hockey teams and dance schools and yeah. places where, you know, they're already engaging parents and youth at the same time. Um, that really wasn't a possibility for a long, long time. So yeah. that's starting to open up a bit more now too, which is great. Very, very smart. Yeah. Well, we definitely wish you all of the best as you continue to grow this. I feel like this is a topic that is not talked about enough. There was certainly when I grew up, not enough support around that question of like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And it's really been for me a journey of self-discovery that I've had to learn the hard way by going into the complete wrong field after university, feeling completely misaligned. But I feel grateful that I had something within me that told me like, go follow this curiosity, go follow that curiosity. And it was this whole convoluted path that eventually led me to where I was today. But I certainly could have benefited from someone like you really asking me the questions of like, who are you? What do you value? What lights you up? So that I didn't 
you know, make so many wrong turns. But again, it's all part of the journey. So I really admire what you're doing and see so much value in it and certainly would have loved to be introduced to you back in the day. But regardless, I hope this conversation inspires the parents listening or people who are at a crux in their career to reach out to you. So on that note, where can people find more about your services, about you, all the places they should connect with you? Uh, well, as you mentioned, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, so you can find me there. You can find Careerified at careerified.ca, as well as on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. I will link all of those in our show notes, so definitely go reach out to Devin, and thank you so much for being with us today on the podcast. Thank you again for having me. It was a great time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method business coaching experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.